You know what that was right there? That was the definition of resilience. Hey, great, great, and I mean great team win. It does not get any better than that. Hey, first time in NFL history with four plus 50-yard field goals. Enjoy it, but guess what? We're coming home to play the Rams at our house. Great job. You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello and welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. You just heard from head coach Shane Steichen. The definition of resiliency, as he says, uh, fired up again. Again, I, I mentioned this last week. Steichen's kind of buttoned up uh, when he talks to the media, but boy, when you have a win and you get a big win like that, he is very enthusiastic and fired up in talking to his team, so it's great to hear that. Just me for the recap today. Dave's on assignment. Uh, Mike is uh, out today as well, so we'll look at the Colts' 22-19 to victory over the Baltimore Ravens. No Anthony Richardson. No Ryan Kelly, both uh, out with concussions, not clearing the concussion protocol. So plenty of drama in this overtime road win for the Colts. Some highlights for me, Zach Moss, 30 carries, 122 yards, two explosive runs of 20-plus yards. He averaged 4.1, maybe not the greatest average in the world, but you know what? When you needed a, a, a yard on third and one, typically Zach Moss was able to get it. And he also caught a 17-yard touchdown pass on a wheel route that was the Colts' only touchdown score of the, of the day. For the second week in a row, no turnovers for the Colts. They forced two turnovers in this game. They had a fumble by Lamar Jackson on a sack and then a fumble by Kenyon Drake, thanks to Juju Brents, who was uh, making his first start after being inactive for a couple of weeks. The Colts gave up five sacks. Gardner Minshew was constantly under pressure in this game. Michael Pittman, nine receptions, 77 yards, including a 34-yard grab, a real key here that helped the Colts flip the field position in overtime. Matt Gay was 5-for-5 on field goals. That was the rest of their scoring, aside from that touchdown pass to Zach Moss. We'll look at his record-breaking day here in just a little bit. Defensively, the Colts got to Lamar Jackson four times. That defensive seven, that defensive front was terrific in this game and they constantly harassed Jackson and did a pretty good job of corralling him. Limited the Ravens to 6 of 16 on third down. They forced seven punts. Not that the Colts were much better. They were 8 of 22 on third down and also punted seven times. Jackson had 14 carries for 101 yards. Never quite broke the big one against the Colts. You know, never had that 30 or 40 yard one. But it was a lot of pesky runs to kind of extend a play or extend a drive. Still difficult guy to corral, really. <laughs> I do not envy the defenses that have to play Lamar Jackson every week. I thought it was notable after having a couple of games with 100-yard wide receivers for the opposing team. The Colts didn't allow one this week, and I think that was key for them as well. You know, there were a few t- plays of 20-plus yards. I think there were like four or five of them, but for the most part, or three or four of them, but for the most part, the Colts were able to, to contain the Ravens on offense. And they needed some breaks, you know? They got some. A uh, couple of balls bounced their way on, on, a, on a fumble. One of them didn't. Lamar Jackson re- recovered it. 
but one did. And then when Gardner Minshew got crushed on a play, the Colts were able to to corral that ball as well. So that that was big for them. And then they did get a major break from the officials. Missed a couple of things, including a, a face mask that would have resulted in some offsetting penalties late in the game. And then uh, EJ Speed, a, a little grabby there on receiver Zay Flowers in overtime on a key fourth down play. But uh, the officials just kind of let that one go. And I, I think anybody looks at that play, they think, eh, you know, he probably held him or he probably impeded him from making the catch. But as, as a Colts fan, we'll just kind of go ahead and, and uh, we'll, we'll take it. I mean, not a lot has gone well for the franchise or has gone right for the franchise in recent years. So we'll take a little break there. And then another break, Justin Tucker missing from 61 yards at the end of regulation with about one second left that didn't go through. And my goodness, I thought that was uh, that looked good, that that was true and through the uprights, and that, that was the end of the game. But you know what? He missed it, and the game went into overtime, and the Colts were able to, to get the victory there. We'll break that down a little bit more. But first, let's hear from head coach Shane Steichen. Uh, no injuries to report. Um, just talking about the game. Obviously, it's fresh, but uh, just the resiliency that our guys showed uh, through the whole, you know, five quarters of the football game uh, to find a way to win that game was was huge. It just showed how hard these guys have been working uh, to finish games. So it was really good to see. Yeah. Well, no doubt it's huge. I, that was the first time I believe in NFL history for 50 plus yard field goals. Um, he was on fire. Uh, glad we got him. Uh, great kicker, obviously, uh, and he proved it today. Yeah, no, it was it was ba- it wasn't bad early. Um, obviously, it was changing through the quarters a little bit early, and then kind of late in the game, uh, the rain stopped. So we were always talking through those things on the sidelines what his line was. What is what did, what did Gardner show you? Gardner showed me Gardner, just resiliency, um, just fighting and clawing and scratching, uh, finding completions. Obviously, hit the big one to uh, Pitt there, you know, on the double move uh, and overtime to got to set up there uh, was huge. Great play by Pittman too, uh, in between two defenders, but just straight resiliency from Gardner. What did the defense prove today? It was awesome. I mean, our defense—they continue to prove it week in and week out. Our defensive line, our linebackers, our DBs as a whole. You know, Gus does a heck of a job with those guys, getting those guys paired along with the defensive staff and just the way they're playing. They're playing together. They're playing physical. They're on the same page. Um, obviously, you know, you got things to clean up. It's never perfect, but uh, it was just a great, great team win. What did you think of first start today, first real game today? First starts, you know, had, yeah, had a fumble there. Um, it was awesome to see him out there. Obviously, good cover guys, long, rangy, uh, played physical. Obviously, I got to go back and watch the tape, but from what I saw, you know, on the sidelines, it was pretty darn good. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything for you on that. What was it like though, just to see him with 30 carries out there, and it's kind of like they knew he was running sometimes. And still yeah, it, it was. It was incredible. Obviously, he popped the big one there at the end too, where he cut it back to get us in range there, and then he had one on our sideline where there was about two or three guys around him where it looked like a minus yardage play, and then he slipped through those guys. Um, again, I, I just keep saying the world resiliency because that's what the, all those guys had today. They just kept fighting, scratching, and clawing. Yeah, he, he, he just runs with a toughness. It seems like. Oh yeah. It's unique. I think he's got like a low level of gravity and just the way his body is set up. I mean, he finds those creases and then he's able to shed those tackles and make guys, you know, miss and then break those tackles uh, just with his body type. Uh, and he's a heck of a player. Glad we have him. What was the conversation like after Gardner said that was actually in the game? Obviously, the game was over, but it is a 
Yeah, I mean, those are conversations that I'll keep private. Obviously, you know, I, I got to do a better job of calling play back there for him and not put him in that situation. The defense, a couple more. Some of the guys making plays, whether it's Quiddy, EJ, Zaire, just taking turns making plays. What does that do for the culture of the defense? It's huge. Uh, it's it's not about one person. It's about everybody. That's that's what we preach in that building. Is it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about us. Um, and that's what that is. And it doesn't care who makes the play, right? And the, as long as the play gets made uh, is, is the message. So all those guys are playing hard, playing together, playing physical. And uh, again, just great team win. Would you see on that uh, the, the catch from Pittman in overtime when you kind of went over that? It was incredible. Uh, again, I keep going back to resiliency. I mean, just the way he went up and caught it in between two guys to make that play uh, was huge. We ran that play earlier in the game, and then we went the double move off it, and he slipped inside and went up. And it was his ball or nobody's ball, and he made the play. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just why, why play it that way? Do you remember? At the at the end of the, at the uh, right with one second left. Right before the sixty. Oh yeah. The last play is what I'm asking. Oh yeah, it was. They were just they were bringing pressure, so we just threw it down on the ground. On defense. You guys on that? You were on defense. Oh, and Tucker missed. Before the Tucker. Yeah, I got to go back and look at that. I got to go back and look at that. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thanks, guys. So the coach uh, says, you know, resiliency, big, uh, big team win for them. They, they played, uh, you know, they had their moments. I won't say they played well in all aspects of the game all the time, but they had their moments. You know, when they needed to make some plays on offense, they made plays on offense. When they needed some defensive stops, they got defensive stops. And when they needed points, the special teams game was there, but the special teams also wasn't perfect. Isaiah McKenzie decided that, you know, he was going to call for a fair catch at the 14 and decided to let the ball bounce to the two. That did lead directly and proximately to a safety by the Colts that uh, really put them in a dire situation at the end of regulation. But again, resiliency, they were able to withstand it and overcome it. With uh, Anthony Richardson out, the rookie not playing this week after suffering a concussion in the win against Houston in week two, it was Gardner Minshew's show. And listen, Gardner Minshew is just the perfect backup for this team right now. They've got a young quarterback who's still learning the game, and Minshew's a guy who has seen most of everything, except for apparently Kyle Hamilton coming off the edge on his blind side. Minshew's seen a lot of stuff, and he's a steadying presence, and he's not going to wow you with his arm and his athleticism, but he is going to take care of the ball and make savvy plays, and that's exactly what he did in this game. 27-44 to 44 for 227 yards, one TD, most importantly, no interceptions. And while he did fumble, he did not actually lose a fumble uh, to the other team as a turnover, I guess I should say. The difference, one big difference between, the big difference between Minshew and Anthony Richardson is size and escapability. And so Minshew did get sacked five times, constantly harassed by the Ravens, and, and the Colts were, you know, they were having some trouble there. They, they had Wesley French starting at center instead of Ryan Kelly, so he's making the line calls. I think, I think at one point Will Fries went out of the game, so that further kind of muddied up the offensive line a little bit. And, you know, you, you saw that, and, and this is a good Ravens defense, and they took advantage of it. So Minshew did get blasted by Kyle Hamilton coming off the edge three different times. He fumbled just before halftime. I talked about this a little bit, but Quentin Nelson stopped a Ravens player from recovering that ball. The Colts ended up getting it thanks to Michael Pittman Jr., who recovered the fumble. That allowed the Colts to punt. 
They pinned the Ravens inside the 20, and then you know they were not able to score before the half. Without that uh, effort to get that ball back, then the Colts are handing over prime position for the Ravens to score before halftime. In this game that was so tight, everything would have mattered there. Every point counted. And then also, it really looked like it could have been a scoop and score if they hadn't done that. So while they didn't, you know, they, they scored 22 points, they didn't exactly light the scoreboard up, they did what they needed to do. And when the Ravens got up 7-0, the Colts forced a turnover, and then they were subsequently able to score from that. They tied the game up at 7-7, and it came on a beautiful touchdown throw from Minshew to Zach Moss on this wheel route. It was just a nice touch pass, and Zach Moss got out there and made a nice catch. Again, he had a great game for Indianapolis. But what did Minshew think of his performance? Well, let's hear from him. Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. That was a really hard-fought game. I think everybody, you know, the whole team contributed. Defense played amazing. Uh, special teams like Matt's individual performance is, you know, awesome. I just really appreciate them giving us enough chances uh, and our guys being resilient enough to follow through and uh, eventually get it done. The guys look to you in those moments, you know, when you need that resiliency. What did you see out of them and how did you kind of just tell them to keep getting up, man. Keep going, you know. We had some tough looks, some, you know, things that didn't go right. But that's all right. You know, if we just stick with it, stay in there, we'll give, us a, give ourselves a chance. And that's what happened today. How, how big was the running that Zach Moss did? Tough, man. So tough. He hits it, you know, full speed. Uh, so grateful to have him back. I think he's an um, awesome player, great dude. Somebody that really, really helps his team. Can you see him gutting it out in the second half? Yeah, no, I think that's that's kind of an embodiment of who, who our team is and who we want to be, you know. Um, you know, you need individual efforts like that to really, you know, show the team that's, you know, how it's done. And he's, man, so competitive, so hardworking. Um, really, just really glad we got him. Yeah. Just keep playing, man. That's all. It, that's all it was today. Is just keep playing one play at a time. We'll, we'll see where we're at next time we get it. You know. I thought the guys really did a great job. You know. Like I said, had some tough looks, but kept going, um, and kept expecting to win, and that was that was huge today. Did you, did you sense even after that, when, especially when they put the little bit of time back on the clock, but the way the math worked out with that two minute warning, did they? No, absolutely. We we did the math on the sideline. We're like, all right, we'll, they stop it. We'll get it back with this much time. Uh, had a good plan. Um, you know, I think that was the biggest thing about this team is just always believing. You know that we had a chance, um, and I'm really proud of us for that. How do you speak to the defensive effort today to give you guys a chance? I mean, it's not every day that Lamar Jackson only scored 19 points. No, it's unbelievable, man. They uh, t getting takeaways, getting big third down stops, rushing the passer. Um, Man, some timely sacks around field goal range. Like, man, that was, that was awesome, man. They really gave us chance after chance today. Um, and, you know, they, they're, you know, the reason we won. What, what does this win mean for you? Uh, I don't know, man. I think just like, like I keep saying, you know, just the fact that we fought through it, you know, uh, didn't always go our way. But I'm just proud, you know, of how we fought, how we kept getting back up. Because um, that's what it's all about, really. Gardner, apologize if you already asked. Yeah, we needed to play bad, you know, and he's um, the guy we needed to do it. And he, he's so tough. 
Um, you know, really leads that room by how he works, how he leads. Um, so for him to go out and make a play in that moment was huge, man. And um, just really grateful for him as well. No, absolutely. We needed somebody to make a play, you know. Um, gave him a chance. It was, it was a tough chance, but he made it, you know. So uh, I think that really helped us, really got, got us going. Yeah, I was on the knee just, uh, you know, watching, thinking, praying, I guess, you know. Um, just happy as hell, really. What was it you first team when you, you have a kicker who can make it from 50 like Matt Cannon and knowing in overtime you maybe don't need to get the extra 10 yards? Yeah, no, it definitely changes how you call plays. Um, we put a ton of trust in him, and he paid that back to us, you know. Um, so happy for him, his individual performance, that unit, uh, him, Luke, and Rigo, like, it's awesome, man. Um, making the play when the number is called, and we needed him today. All right, thank you. Again, that's quarterback Gardner Minshew, who led the Colts to a win 22 to 19 over the Ravens in overtime at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Now, while he had the touchdown pass, the rest of the scoring for the Colts came via kicker Matt Gay. Now, he accomplished something no one, no one had ever done in NFL history before. He hit four field goals of 50-plus yards in a single game. His kicks were from 31, that's the chip shot, then 54, 53, 53, and 53. I'm going to briefly take a look at each of the field goals here on this record-setting day. The first one was set up by the defense. Lamar Jackson fumbled. Taven Bryant was credited with the sack and also the forced fumble. Quiddy Pay made the recovery. Colts did not get much out of the possession. They were not able to get in the end zone, but they got the ball down to the seven. And Steichen brought out the, the field goal unit, and then he had the offense come back out, switch some players out. And that caused Baltimore to use a timeout. And then Steichen did the same thing again, except this time Baltimore slow-walked their substitutions back in. The Colts took a, a delay of game penalty there. So the ball got moved back from the 7 to the 12, but didn't really matter. It was going to matter for pretty much any kicker out there. And so Matt Gay was good on that one. 31-yard field goal from the Baltimore 12, and that gave the Colts their first lead of the game that came with 326 in the second quarter. So not too long before halftime. Scoring again in the third quarter with 8.33 left, 54-yard field goal from the Baltimore 36. Uh, the defense had forced a punt. Isaiah McKenzie returned that punt 32 yards to the Colts 45. Not much of a drive there. Again, the Colts moved 19 yards in six plays. Uh, Minshew tried to hit Joshua Downs on a deep pass on the right sideline, but couldn't quite connect. Facing a fourth and three from the Ravens 36, the Colts elected for the field goal try, and Gay was good on that one. 54 yards, giving the Colts a 13-7 lead. So not quite a two-score lead because, obviously, if the Ravens get a touchdown, they would go up by a point as long as they hit the PAT, and that's exactly what they did. So with 11-22 in the fourth quarter, Colts uh, allowed the Ravens to score again. So it was 14-13, but the Colts did respond with an eight-play 40-yard drive that started with a 24-yard run from Zach Moss. Minshew hit Michael Pittman for a first down on a third and sixth play to keep the drive alive. It did end up stalling at the 35, but they brought in Matt Gay again. He hit from 53 yards, making it a 16-14 to 14 game. His third field goal of the day, his second from 50-plus yards, and he was just halfway done with that 50-plus record. Then things get uh, kind of bonkers at the end of the game and into overtime. So with 57 seconds left in the fourth quarter, the Colts made, uh, Gay made his last field goal of regulation. Baltimore had scored a field goal to make it 17 to 16, and then the two teams traded punts. 
Baltimore pinned the Colts deep, and this was kind of because Isaiah McKenzie decided not to field the punt. He called for the fair catch around the 13, 14-yard line, somewhere in there. He decided not to field the punt. That punt ended up being killed at the two-yard line. Then, to make matters even better for the Colts, who are already backed up, Braden Smith ended up with a false start, so that brought the ball back to the one. For a while, this looked like this was going to be a real disaster. Now, the Colts couldn't get you know, any yardage to kind of get them out of the shadow of their own end zone. So Minshew goes back for a pass, and he pulls the old Dan Orlovsky and sort of rolls out of the end zone, steps right into the back of out of bounds, and that's a safety. So with 2.03 remaining in the game, it's now 19-16. to But you know what? The Colts uh, caught some breaks. The Ravens, instead of fielding the free kick after the safety, they, which would have signaled the, the clock to go ahead and, and start going, the Ravens called for a fair catch. That's an immediate dead ball, so that stopped the clock at 2.03. It never moved, and that preserved the all-important two-minute warning for the Colts, who only had one timeout at that point. And then also in that drive, they had an offensive penalty. The Ravens did. That also stopped the clock. So they got the ball back. Uh, it wasn't, you know, like some of their other drives. It wasn't just the best drive in the world, but they got 28 yards on six plays, picked up a couple of first downs, uh, they did have a third and one situation, but unfortunately that turned into a third and six after another false start from Braden Smith. Changes your play calling a little bit and that sort of thing. Uh, they did try to go for it. They, uh, to, to Shane Steichen's credit, they went for a real deep pass on this one. They tried to have Minshew hit Alec Pierce on the left side, and, and Pierce had it for a second, but then it did get batted away by a defender, and so they had to settle for the field goal there. And once again, Matt Gay was good. 53 yards. Tie ball game, 1919. Not quite headed to overtime yet because there were about 50 seconds, 57 seconds left on the clock by the Colts, and that allowed Baltimore to go downfield and try a 61-yard field goal attempt from Justin Tucker. And I thought that that was going in. I thought it was all good, and I thought that was the end of the game. But just kind of at the last second there, that, that field goal attempt, which looked right down the middle, just kind of died and so he didn't have enough distance, and that did send us into overtime. In overtime, the Colts punted, and then the Ravens punted. One thing notable for the Colts, they did have one of their big explosive plays there in which Minshew hit Pittman on a double move. Pittman made one heck of a catch. He had defenders hanging off of him. One of them ripped his helmet off, but he was able to secure the ball for 34 yards. Now, they didn't end up scoring off the drive, but it did do a, go a, a long ways toward kind of flipping some field position for them. Uh, so they, they punted after that, and the Ravens also punted. And then the Colts got the ball again, and they turned it over on downs near midfield. And then the Ravens, in a game of does anyone actually want to win this thing, also turned the ball over on downs near midfield. Now, that's where you have a pretty controversial play there with EJ Speed on Zay Flowers trying to, to get a pass from Lamar Jackson. And uh, there was some contact. I'll just say that uh, as a Colts fan, you'll, you'd, you'd have to admit that there was some contact there. Uh, it didn't, didn't get called. And so the, the Colts took over near midfield. Uh, they started out with Zach Moss, 13-yard run, two more carries, one for two, another for three yards, set up a third and five, uh, which, you know, he got stuffed on the next play there and set up the final field goal attempt from Matt Gay. He hit the game winner from 53 yards, giving it a final score of 22 to 19. Again, it was his fourth field goal of 50-plus yards. No one in NFL history has ever done that. We'll see if anyone ever does that again. But uh, don't just let me talk about it. Let's hear from Matt Gay. 
was really just kind of in that blackout mode where I wasn't wasn't thinking too much. And so when it came down to that last one, to be able to trust the snap, the hold, the protection, I mean, can't do without those guys. And it was a good snap, good hold, and was able to go ahead and make it. So. For me, it's like I don't, I couldn't tell you what happened. Like, I don't remember the snap, the hold. I kind of just like snap goes and I go and then I, I'm looking up and I see the ball. And so for me, that's, that's a good sign when I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just back there kicking and I'm, that means I'm fluid and I'm just going and I'm reacting as opposed to thinking. Can you hear the crowd in blackout mode? I, I, I don't know. I was, black, I, was, <laughs> I was blacked out. I can't, I can't tell you. I, I'm, I'm sure it's there. I'm sure I'm hearing it at some point, but for the most part, I'm just not thinking and just kind of going, reacting. How often, how often are you in that? Uh, I try to be in it as most as, you know, as, as, most as I possibly can. Uh, you generally get to that point. There are certain streaks and certain things you go on when you just, you know, you look back and you're like, I was in that mode for sure. Um, but I mean, I, I try to be in that mode as frequent as possible, and I try to stay in that mode practice and everything like that. So it's just consistent when I go to games. So Matt, this, this grass field out there, as, as tropical storm come through, not the greatest conditions. Yeah. Just how did you cope with that and did it affect you at all? Uh, well, it was a little bit more drama leading up to it because you hear, oh, it's going to be pouring rain. It's going to be super, super windy. And so you're preparing for that way. But I, I try not to look too much into it. You never know what you're going to get until you get here. And so I try to just block that out until I know what I'm getting, get to the stadium and fill it out. And so the field was in great condition. They tarped it up. Um, it was a little wet at the beginning. We had some mist the first half, but uh, for the most part, the grass is a little soft. But I mean, with all things considered, it was good conditions. Matt, I asked Zach Moss about your game-winning kick. He said, "Good thing you just kept him warm." <laughs> what kind of mode, momentum were you able to find going in and having the opportunity to kick a game winner? Yeah, it helps to. I mean, I think I started the game off with a short one. Uh, was able to get see one go through the uprights, and then after that, it was just kind of like that again. That mode, um, getting called out frequently to go out and, and hit kicks. And so just in that blackout mode, you, know, you just jog on, kick it, jog off. And that's just kind of the mindset I like to have. I don't like to think too much about what's going on or think too much about anything. I think thoughts can come in and get you off as opposed to just like being in the moment and being in, you know, that like that term they say unconscious or whatever. Not in the sense that I was, but just I think that's a, a steady place to be when, when people are playing pretty well. Matt, you did this with uh, what a lot of people consider the best kicker in NFL history on the other sideline. Is, is there any sense of you that wants to come and, and improve your place among the elite when you see a guy like that over there? Uh, I'm just focused on myself, honestly. I, I mean, not to say that I have nothing but respect for Justin Tucker. I mean, he's arguably the greatest of all time. Uh, and I have nothing but respect for what he's done and the success he's had. And now he's getting into the, the longevity as well to, to have that percentage at, 10, 11 years is, is nothing but amazing. And so you just you look across and be able to be out there with him and be able to, you know, be one with him. And I'm not supposed to, you know, be here. And I give all credit to to God and my Savior, Jesus Christ, for just, like, blessing me to even be in these positions. Um, so to, to be on the field with him and, and share that field with him is cool. Cause he's, I know that, you know, you come here and as a big free agent signing, um, you know these opportunities will come at some point, but to get the opportunity early in the season to mm -hmm. come through like that and deliver, what does that mean to you? I think that's huge. I think that, uh, I mean, as much as you do it in practice or you do it in games and you try to get that respect of your teammates and things like that, that trust, um, but nothing does it like a game. And so I think now having those guys be able to, you know, to be able to trust them and them to, you know, look at me and someone that in, in that fashion. So I think it's huge for, for us as a team going forward um, and just trying to keep stacking wins and keep improving one game after the next. Zach, you know, remembering you coming off the field and 
on the soccer field at, at Utah yeah. and joining the team. Could you have envisioned anything you're doing right now back then? And then just, I guess, how would you describe just the rise from there? Yeah. Uh, well, going back to that, I mean, when I left soccer to kick, the whole goal was, hey, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to the NFL. I, I, I'm not going to do anything halfway, and I'm, I'm going to try and do this. And um, But it, it's that first year at Utah when I was like, oh, this could this could actually happen. Um, and being able to, like I said, again, just, just to have God. You just look back at everything in your life that's happened, and his hand is every step of the way. Just cer certain things that... You know, you're going through hardships or the time in Tampa and things like that when you, you don't really understand why. But when you look back, it all makes sense. And it's all just being able to, you know, trust in his plan and, and follow along and work hard. I saw you, At the end of the fourth, I saw you when you first came out, Justin Lord, the woman asked you, I guess what it's all about. Mm -hmm. She probably talked to every kicker. Like, what's those, what are those conversations like with, with, with another kicker right before you woman out? Yeah, you just come out and it's like a... I don't know, you're like a little fraternity, the kickers in the league. And so everyone, every game you go up and talk to the guys and how you doing, you're hitting the ball well, feeling healthy. Um, my conversation with him was just telling him that I respect him and that, you know, nothing but nothing but respect for him and his game and what he's done. And so he was kind enough to congratulate me on the deal here and coming to Indy and and uh, just a little bit of that. And then you let him go and then let him get to warming up. And so we went our separate ways and started warming up. Switch a couple more left. Yeah, I went over there. He's got his routine, and so I didn't want to bother, and I wanted to make sure that we have, you know, our space to work out and, and do our thing. So I don't want to bother him, and I don't want to have him, you know, get in my way and have my space to do things. So When you hit kicks like this, do you have a sense of what it means to come out with this win in kind of a, a gritty manner? Uh, I, I mean, I know, I know that it's it, it means a lot to the team. I know it's – I mean, you look at everybody out there, and everyone's got to do – their job to be successful. And so I think if you just focus on what you can do. Um, but I mean, I think the kicker positions a little bit when it comes down to that moment, everyone's kind of looking at, at that whole just a you. And so being able to come through for them and for their for Shane and for this organization. I mean, that's something special that I'll hold on to forever because those moments don't come along very often. And so being able to go out there and make that kick and just congratulate those guys on the hard work they did the, the hard fought game. At the, end of the four, at the end of the fourth, before regulation toss is going on, mm. you're out there and you're kicking practice kicks. Is that something in overtime you regularly do when you're going to do that? Is that something part of your routine? Um, no, not that I, I mean, I haven't been to very many overtime games. Um, and so I don't think that's something that, like, is a consistent thing I've thought to do or done that. But it's every chance you can get out to kind of get out there and see the conditions, see with the wind or anything like that, you take it. And so I just went out there, snuck one kick in, saw it go through, and just kind of stay in the rhythm of what I was in the game so I can just continue that going in. So, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, I guess it's not often that you have cause to listen to a kicker for seven minutes, but, you know, Gay had plenty to say there about his kick and being in blackout mode and how he doesn't really think about things. It's just sort of this – it reminds me of the, the movie – for love of the game with Kevin Costner when the pitcher would say, Billy Chappell, clear the mechanism. You know, you just kind of get into your zone. And that, that's kind of what Matt Gay does in these situations where he's, he's kicking. Uh, but you know what? That's the reason why the Colts signed him. Uh, one of the best kickers in the league, uh, many consider him to be. And I know that we would prefer that the Colts go and, and get a big flight top receiver or pay the money and break the bank and get a pass rusher. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't do those things, but th they did get some grief for making Matt Gay one of their, you know, off-season acquisitions, their biggest, really their biggest money-wise free agent acquisition. You can see why they did it, though. I mean, the guy was 
money on those kicks. Those 50-yarders, 50-plus yarders were right down the middle. And when you have a razor-thin margin for error, a good kicker can make the difference between a win and a loss or being a competitive football team and being a non-competitive football team. And, you know, he was able to provide that boost that the Colts really needed on Sunday with those five field goals. They're playing a good defense against Baltimore. They're on the road in a hostile environment. And that kicker that you can rely on is such a big weapon. And in a, in a game where there were so many ups and downs and so many moments that the Colts could have lost that game, some moments, too, where the Ravens could have won it or the Colts could have won it. But they were not able to take advantage of those opportunities and you know, roll up big yards and get big plays. The Colts were unable to do that, but they were able to get the ball just close enough, you know, pass midfield, get it to the 35, and let Matt Gay take it from there. On the season, the Colts are 2-1. and one. Thanks to losses by the Jaguars and Titans, they're alone in first place in the AFC South. All the other teams at 1-2. and two. Uh, I say thanks to the Jaguars and Titans because both lost. Uh, the, the Jaguars taking it on the chin against the Houston Texans team that looked pretty rough last week. But, you know, C.J. Stroud had a really nice game for the Texans, and then the Titans, I just don't know what to do with them right now. They, they lost another tough one and just didn't look like they had much offense there against the Cleveland Browns. So, But the thing about the Titans is they've got a great coach in Mike Vrabel, and I think that that is a resilient team and a resilient franchise. And with there not being any great strengths in the FC South – you know, they still have some time to right the ship, and I would expect that they're going to at least make a run at that. Up next for the Colts, the Los Angeles Rams at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's a 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox 59 next week. Dave and Mike will join me for a full preview of the game and offer their thoughts on the crazy finish from week three in which the Colts went to Baltimore and somehow got a win. Thank you for listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast. I'm Matt Adams. Matt Adams.